Okay. Just to recap, I want to just share three scriptures that we, we spoke about last week. Just a quick recap on those scriptures because they're so powerful and they really frame the context of what we're talking about in hearing God. The first one is Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. And it, and it, said, and it was Jesus. And he said this. He said, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You just have to get that into you this morning. You just have to understand that. That you will, you, you will live, but you, you can't live alone on bread, okay? On natural food. You have to have a stomach and you have to hear a stomach for the voice of God and be able to hear the voice of God. <laughs> we have stomachs, right? We know that. They grumble, they complain often. But we also need to have a stomach for the Word of God. We need to have a desire for it. Just like we crave. You know, sometimes you, who gets food cravings here? You know, like, what is your food craving? I'm a chocolate guy, you know? I'm just like, after a meal, like, I'm just like, where is the chocolate? You know, I need the chocolate. If there's no chocolate in the house, I'm like eating the Nutella. You know, out of the Nutella jar. Because I'm, I'm just, a, I get these cravings for chocolate, you know? Um... And, and sometimes it happens at work. It happens in the office as well. You know, there's, there's these weird cravings that go on. Sports laughing. We're like, where's the chocolate? Who's got the chocolate? And people are like hiding their chocolate. You know. <laughs> um, so just like we have cravings for food, what we, we should crave to hear God as well. And that that's uh, every word that comes from the mouth of God is speaking about a fresh word. It's talking about a, a rhema word. It's talking about a word from God for now, for what I'm going through, for what I'm facing. Um, it's talking about a word that brings life and direction. It's a word that nourishes you. Um, and Jesus was saying, listen, you, you can survive on food, on natural things, but you weren't designed just to survive on, on bread alone. You were actually designed to hear God speak to you every single day of your life. That you were designed, you were made. Remember, we looked at that scripture in Genesis. We, we were made in his image and in his, in his likeness. And one thing we notice in creation is that like always talks to like. You know, birds talk to birds, dogs to dogs, etc. So we we made in the likeness of God. We, we, we made to hear God. And then when we hear him, I don't know about you, but it's just the most nourishing, satisfying thing in the world is to hear God. Oh, man, when you hear God, it's just like peace and direction and what Jesus said over here, they are spirit and life. Okay, whenever we hear God, that's, we don't just hear words, but we, but we also receive what, what life in those words. Because when God speaks, He creates things. So when God encourages you, guess what? You, you don't just hear the nice words, but you feel the courage come into your body and enable you to get through what you're going through. I don't know, sometimes in my, in my life, if I haven't heard God in a while, I start going crazy. I start like, you know, I start like, I don't know, I start freaking out. I start getting worried. I start getting anxious. But then when that voice comes and he speaks, I just, man, it reassures you. It positions you. It places you. There's nothing like it. And we need to hear it. And for some of us here this morning, this is like, yes, this is just a good reminder. But for this, there's others of us here this morning, who this is such a strange concept. This is so far away. And if you had to be honest, maybe you haven't heard God in a long time. And that's okay. What I'm just trying to do this morning is kind of salt you a little bit, make you a little bit thirsty that you can hear Him. 
that you can hear Him for your life, for your family, for your business, for your job, for everything, that He actually wants to speak into all those areas of your life. God is a communicator. Amen? More amens. God's a communicator. Amen. Yeah. He communicates. You know, He's a God who speaks, who wants to speak to us. So often we just, we feel like he's distant and he's far off and he's at the other end of the galaxy trying to sort out that big black hole that's going to eat Saturn or whatever, you know? And actually he's the God, he's Emmanuel, the Bible calls him. God with us. God with us. You know, not with the planets, but although he's controlling them and sorting that out, but he's God with us. And so often in the, in the, in the scriptures, what you see is a God who longs to be with his people. A God who longs to speak to his people. And he says, oh, if you just had ears to hear, how much would I tell you? He said he longs to draw near to us. And so we've, we've got to start framing our mindset around who he is better. We've got to think of him as the God who communicates, the God who, the good, good father that we sing about that really wants to guide us in our lives. There's another scripture that we spoke about last week. It's this one in Psalms 32. And it says, um, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. That's God right there. He wants to guide you on the best pathway for your life. And then he goes on and says, I'll advise and watch over you. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Amen. No senseless horses here this morning. Amen. the best pathway for your life. He wants to guide and he wants to advise us. He wants to guide and advise us. I was just pondering this passage and just meditating on it and just thinking about it. And, and I just had this, this wonderful, while I was just thinking about it, I just had this wonderful moment where I just felt God's presence. And he was like, Wayne, this is my word. I want to be right here, right here like this, guiding you, advising you. You know, God actually doesn't want to, to like force us into things and like, you know, have to like maneuver circumstances and mountains and set bushes on fire just to get our attention. And, you know, he doesn't want to direct us that way. He prefers to just guide, to advise us, not to control us, not to like make us do his will, but to guide us, advise us. And we must have ears to hear. Amen. So, so that was really what we, we marinated on last week. But I want to talk just now about the mechanics of hearing God. And, and firstly, I want to talk about the biggest blockage to hearing God. And then I want to talk about the biggest challenge to hearing God. And then I want to talk about some of the gates and the doorways through which God speaks. Are you with me this morning? So firstly, the biggest blockage to hearing God. What is the biggest blockage to hearing God? The biggest blockage to hearing God is, it's on the screen now, it's, <laughs> it's shame. Isn't it true? You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, what did they do when, when God came? They hid, they ran away, they tried to hide away. And you know, we haven't stopped doing that ever since we started sinning. <laughs> Whenever we mess up, whenever we do the wrong thing, say the wrong thing, what is the, our natural response? It's shame, and we hide away from God. What's God's natural response when we do that? 
He comes looking for us, come calling for us. And so we see a picture of a God looking for us and us hiding from God. So clearly the problem is with us and not with God. So what shame does is it bothers us, but it actually doesn't bother Him. (laughs) Isn't that true? When we sin, it's bothering us and we start hiding. We start, what does God do? He starts pursuing. He starts coming for us. He starts looking for us, calling to us. And when He calls us, what happens is, is, is He convicts us. We know that we're wrong. And the right response is just to say, sorry, Lord. Lord, I confess what I've done is wrong. And then the Bible says in 1 John 1 verse 9 that if we're faithful to confess, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's another scripture in in James 5.16, which I wanted to give you guys this morning. It says this, Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. This is an awesome scripture. The Bible is giving us a way out of shame here. Saying that, guys, you need to make use of the body that I put you in called the church. And the way you do that is you find somebody in the church. You find a friend. You find an accountability partner. You find someone who can, who, who's, who's going to spur you on in God. And you, and you build a relationship with somebody like that. And when stuff goes wrong and when you slip and when you fall up and when you mess up and when you say the wrong thing, think the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, we do the wrong thing a lot, eh? We, we go to our friend, our accountability partner, and we confess our sins to each other. And we have moments where we say, you know what, small, could you pray with me? It's been a really tough week. This is what's happened in my life. I'm not proud of what's happened. I'm not proud of what I've done. Would you help me through this moment? Will you pray with me through this moment? And there's something wonderful that happens when we do that. When we actually take a friend or we make a friend and we take the time to do a confession and we pray for each other. There's something healing in that moment. It says, so that you can live together whole and healed. There is wholeness and there is healing that comes when we confess to each other. Can you say the word confess? It's the one thing we don't want to do, hey? Why? Because of this thing called shame. Not only does it cause us to hide from God, but it causes us to hide from each other as well. And that's why the body of Christ needs to be a body of grace, a a safe place. We need to be a safe place for each other. We need to be the place where you can go. You know, so often we feel like sometimes in, in church, oh, I could never share that with someone. What will they think of me? My goodness, if we can't get it right here... And confess, yeah, there's no hope out there, <laughs> okay? This, the body of Christ needs to be a safe place. And so my encouragement to you this morning is, this is a blockage to hearing God, is when we mess up. And the way you can deal with that blockage, the way you can flush that drain is by building an accountability partner, by building a friendship in the body, finding somebody and having regular weekly or bi-weekly moments where you just sit down together and say, hi, how are you? Is everything going all right? Anything you want to share? What you're going through, come share that with, let's pray with each other. Let's encourage one another. I have my weekly appointment with my accountability partner on the bicycle and we ride and we talk. And then when we finish, we pray for each other and then we go start our day. 
And man, I tell you, sometimes that moment is just, it's wholeness to me. It's cleansing to me. It, there's something about confession. There's something about speaking about it. You know, Adam never confessed his sin to God. He blamed God and he blamed the woman. <laughs> he, he just, he, you know, he, he never took this moment where he just said, I messed up. I'm so sorry. I knew, I knew better. Um, and there's something so powerful about doing that. Listen, if we really want to hear God, we've got to get serious about this. This is such a blockage. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You, you want to pray, you want to get to God, but there's this thing between you and God. There's this, this mountain, this, this, this thing that you've done wrong, you've thought wrong, you know you're not living as you should. There's this thing between you, and, and it's like it's, it becomes the elephant in the room. You want to talk to God, and you want Him to talk to you, but there's this thing here and then you you confess it in your mind lord i know i'm so sorry i'll never do it again i know i'm so sorry but but it's so much more powerful when you when you sit with someone and it comes out of your mouth and you share about it and then you pray for one another it's healing i can't i've done this so many times in my life it's not it's it's a habit in my life and i want to encourage you make it a habit in your life you know for the you know the catholic church for all its its issues you know, they, they had that confession box, <laughs> you know, that, that box where you could go to. And, and, and the principle is, is great. I don't, the way it happens, I don't know. It's a bit scary going into a box. I remember going in there when I was like six years old and, and there's somebody there, but you don't know and you can't see them and, you know, and, and you have to like talk to, and then you get like, Say three Hail Marys and ten Our Fathers and everything will be okay and your sins are acquitted. You know, the, the principle is so right and the fact that they actually had a box for it is great. We need to have a box for it, but not a box like that, okay? A, a time, a, a, a moment like a Wednesday, you know, coffee time, lunch time, a, a Thursday evening when I get together with this friend and we do something. There needs to be a box in your life where you can go and have that time to confess. You know, it doesn't... You, you know, Jesus washing the disciples' feet. What was that moment all about? What was it all about? Why is that in the Bible? Why is it such a significant thing? They had dirty feet. No one was washing the feet. He gets, uh, it was to show that he was the servant of man, that he came to serve us. But washing the feet, what was that all about? Peter protested, Lord, don't wash my feet. They're smelly. They're dirty. And he said this to Peter. He said, Peter, if I do not wash them, you have no part in me. And Peter was like, oh, this is more than just washing feet. And he said, please wash my hands and my head as well, Lord. (laughs) It's not just my feet that go wrong. It's my thoughts and my hands too. He understood it was about cleansing of sin. It was about having a moment where you get cleansed. You know, as we go through life, we pick up things. We, we, you know, situations happen. We don't respond in the way we should. You know, we say the wrong thing. We say something hurtful to our spouse or even to our kids, you know. Things we're not, you know, we're just not, I don't know, proud about it all. We can, and then we carry shame and then we want to go to God and we want to hear God. But now there's this thing. And so it's a blockage. It's something that stops us from hearing God. And I want to say, we are the ones who need to flush the drain. 
We need to flush that drain. We need to clear that blockage out. God is not troubled. He will come. And as long as we keep coming, as long as we come with repentance and we come with humility, not with just like, oh, Lord, I know you'll forgive me, so let's carry on talking. You know? No. Genuine repentance. Lord, I acknowledge what I've done wrong. I acknowledge what I've said wrong, what I've thought wrong. I come and I, and I lay it before you. And he's got no problem cleansing us with, from it. He's got no problem. He paid the price for all sin at the cross. There's no reason why we need to walk around in shame. There's no reason why we need to walk around feeling defeated by the enemy or, or shameful about what we said or done. We can be cleansed. We can be whole. And it's as simple as just saying, J.R., let's have a moment. Come, let's just sit down. Will you pray with me? This is what's happened in my life. Can you do that? Can you do that? Let me tell you something. It's worth it. It's so worth it. It's gone so quiet here this morning. I'm just like, I don't know. Am I standing on toes this morning? I'm telling you to do something too hard. No? Come on. Find someone. Find someone. Build an accountability relationship in your life and confess to one another. It's the biggest blockage. Okay? Flush that drain. Secondly, the biggest challenge with hearing God. The biggest challenge with hearing God is recognizing his voice. Learning to recognize his voice. It's a challenge. You know, when God was calling Samuel when he was a young boy, Samuel was like, he thought Eli was calling him. You know, he didn't recognize the voice of God. When the father spoke to Jesus, he, Jesus heard him, but other people around him heard a thunder. They didn't recognize the voice of God. So sometimes God can be speaking, but we're not recognizing His voice. We're not understanding it. We can be dull of hearing. And so what's needed is we need to train ourselves to hear God. We need to train ourselves to hear His voice. You know, a musician, where are the musos in the house this morning? Musos, all the musos, all the musos. You know what, when they... Listen, one of the, I love playing music, and I, I play a little bit of the guitar, you know, jam a little bit, um, and howl, you know, it's, it's not very good or anything like that, but I, and I enjoy it, but, and I, and I joined the worship team at one point, and I was playing, and can I tell you, it was an awesome experience, but, but learning an instrument can also ruin music for you, <laughs> in the sense that, you know, when musos hear music, they hear what, we just hear music, hey, ah, oh, music, you know? Music, it's awesome, and we want to move and dance and sing. When they hear music, they hear rhythm, timing, keys, what's going wrong, what's going right. They hear, if they're like a particular instrument, they're hearing their particular instrument, the beat of that drum. They, they're hearing so much more than what you and I actually hear. Why? Because their ears are trained. So they're able to recognize. So, so often I'm like, I'm interested when I hear the worship team practicing and somebody says, no, 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 we're out of key. I never heard that. <laughs> I'm like, out of key what? Like, do we need some more keys? Do we need, yeah, <laughs> do we need to order another keyboard or, you know, they, I didn't hear that, you know? And they, they gather after church every Sunday and talk about what went wrong. I'm like, okay, you know? I, th- I heard at some point it wasn't flying, you know, it wasn't awesome, but I don't, I can't tell you what was actually wrong. Why? Because my ear isn't trained like their ear. 
And that's the cool thing about us, is that our ears can be trained. Our ears can be trained. You know, how many of you grew up where your parents had a particular whistle for you? <laughs> Do you, you, you know what I'm talking about, some of you? Man, my dad had a whistle. You know, if we strayed too far in the shopping mall or in the market or whatever, on the beach or something, he would just give that whistle. And we would be like, <laughs> we know that whistle. You know, we would trade. But it's interesting, nobody else is turning around. Everybody else is buying and doing their thing, but we're like, we know that. <laughs> that sound. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, maybe, and maybe that's why Jesus refers to us as sheep. And that's maybe why he said, my sheep hear my voice. Because the interesting thing about sheep with all their challenges and how we really don't like being referred to as sheep, amen, I mean, they're just sheep. You're like, really? Are we like that, Lord, you know? Um, can we just be anything else? The jaguars or panthers? You know what I mean? Like, come on. You know, I, sheep. Okay, cool. But the amazing thing about sheep is they know their shepherd's voice. I watched this video once where I saw these guys. There was a hill like this, and there were sheep far on the hill like this. And they asked these, these group of, like, I don't know, tourists or whatever. They said, call the sheep. So one person will get up and... Try and call. All the sheep are just eating the grass. Now the person will get up and say, Come, sheep, 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 sheep. You know, nothing happened. Next person tries. Next person shouts for them, tries to call or whatever. Shepherd comes and he just does a whistle. And they all just come. I mean, they come from the furthest hill. They just, they just come. And then the next thing is just all these sheep over here. They have an amazing ability to hear and to train their ear to hear their shepherd's voice. And I guess... We do too. We were actually designed to hear God. But the problem is this, is that there's too much other noise. Too much, you know, have you, how many of you sat at a restaurant and there's vibey and, and you're trying to have a conversation with someone and you, you're struggling to hear them over the, the noise and the music and <laughs> as older folk, okay? We're <laughs> okay, it's a problem when you, you, you get older, right? Okay, maybe you don't have that. But there's that, that background noise. I sometimes just wish there was like a, like a button. I could just, the problem with ears is they hear everything. You know what I mean? Like I wish I could just like, okay, turn down background noise. And then I could just like hear the person talking to me. That would be so much better. You know, um, we can't filter out all the noises, but we can train our ears to hear. So we need to learn how to train ourselves to hear God. You have to have have ears to hear Him. You have to train yourself, wait on Him, learn how He speaks. One of the ways that can really help you is to know the nature of God's voice. You know, if you know His nature and the nature of His voice, then you're able to recognize it better. He has a little chart to help you. He has a good difference between God's voice and the enemy's voice. God's voice always calms. The enemy's voice obsesses. <laughs> or even the soul, all right? Sometimes we give the enemy too much credit. Sometimes it's just us. Comforts. God's voice comforts. The enemy's voice makes us worry more. God's voice convicts. The enemy's voice condemns. So God says, listen, I've got this against you. (laughs) I don't like this. The enemy says, 
You've done this. You're so bad. You're never any good. This condemnation that comes with it. And the Bible says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if there is condemnation, it's the enemy. Okay? God's voice convicts. We know what time, what we did at that particular moment, and we're able to apologize and move on with him. He wants it out the way just as much as we want it out the way. Oh, that was powerful. Huh? He wants it out the way just as much as... That was a good one. I need to put that back in the notes. Sure. (laughs) He really does. Oh, that's strong, man. (laughs) Preach way. (laughs) Just encourage myself on that one. (laughs) Uh, There are moments when God does speak from this pulpit, eh? I think that was one of them. <laughs> uh, so can you see the difference? Can you see the difference? When you, you've got to know what you're listening for when you're listening to God. This is what you're listening for. His voice confirms, encourages, enlightens, directs. When His voice comes, it does this to us. And so knowing His nature means that you, you, you're able to recognize it better. Okay. Let's move on. Let's talk about the gates and doors through which God speaks. And I'm going to go to Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8 and verse 34. And it says this, Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily, can you say daily? (laughs) At my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors, whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Guys, I don't know. There has to be daily. There has to be a daily thing. There has to be this heart to seek. There has to be this something inside of you that says, I'm going to push through the awkwardness. Man, I've, I've gone sometimes just not hearing God, but wanting to hear God and just feeling the frustration of that moment. Sometimes walking out of my daily searching and, and not getting something and feeling, ah, did I waste all that time because I didn't get what I want? Who knows what I'm talking about? There's this, there's a frustration that comes with this thing. There is a, there, and it's so easy rather just to say, okay, I'm just going to go in the flesh and God will speak to me in, when he's, when he can and however he can. You'll write it on a billboard and then I'll pay attention, you know? Uh, but, but he's saying this. He's saying, guys, there has to be something in us that, that says, I'm going to keep seeking. I'm going to keep knocking. I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to, cause, cause there, there's, there's, I don't know, and there's something about this process that when we engage in it, we change. You know, pray, praying is changing. Sometimes I, you know, I go into God, I've got a shopping list. I have shopping lists. I got things, man. I got point one, two, three, four, five. Lord, I need this, that, 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 that. And you know, sometimes I just go, into that time of prayer and it's frustrating and I'm just like I'm trying to wrestle to hear God on these things and then sometimes I just put the list aside and guess what his presence comes (laughs) you know and then suddenly he actually starts talking to me about things that are completely unrelated to what's on the list (laughs) you know and and so there has to be it's and I find in those times that I'm changed I'm I, I he refocuses me and so so there's, 
there's a process that we go through and it's good for us. I don't know why, but, but we change in the process. So we have to have this thing in our lives of daily waiting on Him. But the other point to notice about the scripture is that there are gates and there are doors through which God speaks. There are certain gateways and doors through which God speaks. And I want to highlight four of them this morning. The first one is His Word and Spirit. Secondly, dreams and visions. Thirdly, circumstances. And fourthly, the saints and the gifts. I'm going to talk about just briefly on all of these, and then we're going to have some hang time at the end. So firstly, I want to talk about His Word and the Spirit. And I put this as number one because... It's the primary way that God speaks to us is through the Word and through His Spirit. Through the Word and Spirit. The Word is like, it's like a gate. It's like a doorway. You know, who watched that movie Stargate? They find that big round thing and then it's like they go through it and then, then this whole other world, okay? This is Stargate right here. This, this book is a gate. It's a doorway through which God speaks to us. And so daily I have to be waiting at this gate. Daily, I have to be sitting at this, searching through here, looking here for how, how heaven, heaven comes through this thing. We, we get transported into revelation through this thing. So there needs to be this relationship that I have with this thing. This needs to be a part of my life. And I wait at this gate, wait at this door to see revelation, to see what God is, to hear what He's saying to me. And the way He speaks typically is by His Spirit. Okay, so look at this wonderful scripture. Okay, you don't have to go there. It's in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. This is such a cool scripture. All right, it says, But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Just pause. Pause on that. It's an Old Testament scripture that Paul is quoting here. Okay, it's an Old Testament scripture that says, no eye has seen, no ears heard, all the awesome stuff that God has for us. Okay. And Paul is saying this, though. And so often we quote this as scripture, as, as Christians, all right? We, we quote the scripture, you know, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, all that God has for us. Okay, and we, we kind of feel like, like, like the things that God has for us are out of reach. And one day when we're in heaven, we'll find out all of the things. But Paul is not, he's saying, because of Christ, that scripture has now been fulfilled or completed in Jesus. That it no longer actually has to be relevant for your life. Is that why? Because now you have received, he goes on and says, but God has revealed them to us through what? His spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit from the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Paul's trying to say to us, guys, do you, do you understand that you've received God's Spirit. 
His Spirit, not just any Spirit, like the Spirit from the world or whatever. It's the Spirit that comes from God. And who knows the thoughts of God? Who knows what's the deep things of God but the Spirit of God? And you haven't received the Spirit from the world, but you receive the Spirit that's from God. And the reason why God put it in you is that so that you can know what He wants to do in your life. That you can know the things that He has for you. That He can know whether He's called you to marriage or not. Whether He's called you to start that business or not. Whether He's called you to move to a certain nation or not. You can know the things that God has for you because you've received His Spirit. His Spirit is living inside of you. And so as I bring out the Word and I get filled with the Holy Spirit of God, there's this transaction that takes place and I'm able to hear God. And some people call it the still small voice or the inner voice or the inner witness or it's like an intuition. I love that word intuition. Do you know what intuition means? It means to have understanding without a conscious, rational conversation or transference of knowledge. (laughs) That's what intuition is. It's just to get an understanding without having a rational conversation or some information transference process. You just know. That you know, that you know, in your knower. All right? It's just there. It's, it's an instrument. And so that's what the Spirit is. The Spirit lives within us. And it's not the Spirit from the world. It's the Spirit from God. And as we read the Word and as we meditate on the Word, something, the Spirit man comes alive and we're able just to know what God wants us to do. And just, I just know what He's telling me to do in my life. I know, you know, and the Spirit and the Word are together. They don't contradict each other. God won't tell you to do something that's not in His Word. Okay, they, 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 the, the Word is like the anchor and the Spirit, because, you know, otherwise I feel like God's telling me, you know, I need to get divorced, my, you know, and I, no, hang on. <laughs> the, the, where did you get that from, you know? <laughs> no, I feel it inside, you know, and I, and I feel a peace about, no. What does the Word say? What does the Word say, okay? Because they work like this, okay? And so we test what the unctions we have, that we test what we have, but we test it with the Word of God. Okay, and so we put the two together and it's both coming at us and through that we're just able to hear. We're just able to hear. You know, I remember this one time, I keep using this example because it's like one of the best examples I have. Okay, and I need some more. Lord, I need some more. I need some fresh ones. <laughs> um, organizing a student conference many years ago. In Bloemfontein, while we were in Durban, inviting students from all over South Africa, and was getting close to the time of, of actually the conference, and because we were organizing it, I had to know how many t-shirts to, to order, and it's like a month to go, and the t-shirt place is saying, put your order in now, and only 500 people had signed up, So I didn't, but I didn't know, do I order 500 t-shirts, and then two weeks later, it could be 550 people sign up. And then I, you know, I have to change the t-shirt. Oh, so do I order a little bit more? But then that cuts on costs. And I was just like, we were in this dilemma. And I went and I just said, okay, you know what? I know you speak. So I got my Bible and I just began to walk around in my campus office. And I just began to quote a scripture, quote a scripture. It was completely even unrelated or whatever. Lord, I just know you speak. I know you speak. And then the next thing, I just heard God say in my Noah, order 1,100 t-shirts. Just because we heard doesn't mean we're going to obey, though, as well. (laughs) Or that it puts us in a comfortable position. We'd never had that many students at a national conference before. The highest was 600. And we had 500 registrations at that moment. But I knew God had spoken. How many students came to the conference? 1,100. Exactly. 
Isn't that awesome? That's God, though. You know, it's not like... You know, sometimes we feel like this is like... Oh, you know? But this is how we should live our lives. Waiting at the gate of His Word and the Spirit of God, waiting on the Spirit of God and knowing how many to order, where to go, what things to buy, what to sell. This is how we should live our lives. Amen. I hope that inspires you. Secondly, through dreams and visions. Now... I don't dream, <laughs> all right? I'm not one of these dreamy people, all right? Um, like, you know, some people, you guys, you, you have active evenings. For me, sleep is sleep. <laughs> and I like to leave it there. And that's, we have this happy arrangement, you know? If I dream, it's an inconvenience to me, you know? Some of you are just like dreamers, though, you know? You get this thing, all right? So, bless you, you know? It's awesome. It's actually in the Bible, and it's real. You just... I don't know, better than me at sleep, I guess. (laughs) Um, But dreams and visions, God spoke to Pharaoh through dreams, Nebuchadnezzar through dreams. He spoke to Daniel through visions. He, uh, He spoke to Peter through a vision to take the gospel to the Gentiles. He spoke to Paul about, Paul was praying one day and he had this vision of this man from Macedonia calling him and saying, come over here. Cause he, and he was praying and he didn't know where to go on his next missionary journey. He wasn't sure of the direction. But then he had this vision and he knew God was calling him to Macedonia. So God speaks through dreams and visions. What is a vision? It's kind of like seeing something not with, with the eyes of the heart. Not with your natural eyes. Seeing with the, or it can be even with the natural eyes sometimes. You know, that's how powerful they can be. And the thing about dreams and visions, what I've noticed is that they can be very powerful. And I've seen this so often, is that dreams and visions, when somebody has that dream or that vision, it's powerful, man. It's like, people can change their whole lives based on that. So it's critical that whatever the dream or vision is, that we always interpret it. Okay? Amen? Amen. Little pastoral moment here. I've seen many people have a dream or have a vision and run off outside of the timing of God and make a mess of it, okay? In the Bible, dreams and visions are always interpreted and often only by God's anointed, okay? Which is actually the body of saints, all right, today. So you need to submit your dreams and, and visions to your accountability partner, to the people that you're walking with. This is why it's so important that you have to be in church and not just here on a Sunday and visiting, but being the church, having people who are church around you. It's like, it's, you miss out on so much if you don't have this. But the, you, you bring those dreams to people and you bring those visions, you pray through them and you wait on God and you trust God for interpretation. In Joel 2, 28, it says, In the latter days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams. Ah, I'm not old yet. And your young men shall see visions. Okay? So... Ah, I've got visions, <laughs> so I'm definitely in the young man category. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Just having my own like personal quiet time up here this morning. <laughs> I, I had a, a vision many years ago, just praying. I was in Cape Town, and I saw a fire breaking out on the Westville University campus. Just saw this, and I just knew God was saying there's going to be something happening there. We as a church didn't have a ministry there. We didn't have anything happening there. And I took that vision and I gave it to my pastors and gave it to the leadership and told them about it. And they said, okay, well, let's start exploring and let's start seeing, you know. But, but it was such a motivating, powerful thing. And 
you know, the rest is history. We did. We stewarded an incredible revival on that campus. It was amazing what God did there. Uh, a fire did break out and it's gone just all over, you know. Ronald, all right, part of that fire, okay, coming back with a book. He's an author now. Isn't that cool? He's like a student, man. Running around. Students change the world. Amen. So, so like these visions, but you've got to submit them. You've got to test them and then put them against the word and then allow God to confirm them to you. Amen. And typically, he'll confirm them through circumstances, which is the next one I want to share quickly. God uses circumstances to confirm what he's told us already. You know that vision I had of, of what happened on Westfall? Um, leadership said, okay, go explore, go, you know. And I was like, okay, cool. And then the next day, a student phoned me and said, hey, can you fetch me from the bus stop? So I was like, cool, let me go fetch you from the bus stop. So I went to the bus stop, and there was another student there, and I said, do you need a ride to campus? And they were like, yeah. So I was like, Get in, let's go. So we're driving now to campus, and one of the, the student that we picked up that we didn't know, turns out she's not from Howard College, but she's actually from Westville campus. So I was like, oh, interesting. This is a circumstance. There's been a vision. Now there's a circumstance. So I'm like, start talking more, start talking more. Then she drops her. She eventually became our worship leader, okay, at that campus. Through her, I went, she went onto the campus. She showed me around the campus. I went to go meet the dean of students. When I went to go see the dean of students, my goodness, the glory of God fell in that office. We were both on the floor. This is the dean of students. I don't even know them. They are on the floor. I'm on the floor. And, and she, she pulls out her jaw. She takes out this, this application. They wanted to slaughter cows on the campus for like some ritual or something. There was an application for it. And there was people, they were going to do it. And she was against it because she was a Christian. And the next thing, she pulls this thing out the put it on the ground in her office we she's weeping i'm like what's going on here we, we we're praying we're binding this thing we're breaking this application you know it's just like incredible and i walk out of the office and i'm just like what just happened and uh it's a circumstance and it's aligning with what god has showed me in the vision so it's confirming and then there were so many others okay so this is how god works he speaks and then he confirms through circumstances. Okay, so circumstances confirm God's word to us. And so we've got to be, like, when God speaks, we've got to be on the lookout. We've got to be like, okay, you know, newspaper, TV, what's going on? We've got to have ears to hear where is he speaking to us, okay? Because we can miss it, all right? Um, what else did I want to say about that? Oh, he also uses circumstances to get our attention, all right? And that's typically when we're not listening, Okay, so this is typically, you know, like, you know, when somebody like somebody will send you a text message and then and then you open the newspaper and it's kind of like the similar thing. And then you start a new book and you open the book and then there's a, the same thing in the book, you know, and then they, you have to be aware that God is trying to get your attention. This is the burning bush moment. And what you need to do is turn. Turn aside. Turn aside and go and say, Lord, what are you saying? Because often we go, oh, you know, I got this message. And then this person, I bumped into this person. They told me this, same thing. And then I, you know, I had this like incredible account of this, the same thing. Wow, I wonder, I think God's speaking here. And then we carry on with our lives. <laughs> God's like, oh, you know, do you know what it's just taken to get your attention? And you're like, just, oh, I think he's speaking, you know, it's like, yes. So turn aside. Take time and say, Lord, what are you saying to all of this? How must I respond to this situation? Amen. Okay, finally, the gifts 
the saints and the gifts. Um, <laughs> the saints and the gifts um, are doorways and gates through which God speaks. Okay? So just take a look at the people around you. Just, just have a good look at the body. In fact, even just, just stand to your feet for a moment. Okay? Have a look around the room. I want you to make con- eye contact with about three of people you don't know. I didn't say talk to them. <laughs> Just have a look around. Okay, what you looking at this morning? What you looking? You need to know what you're looking at. Okay, you need to know. You you're just seeing people. You're seeing black people, white people, whatever kind of pe- colored people. Okay, you're seeing things like that. But what you're actually looking at is gates and doorways. You're looking at gates and doors that that God can speak to you through some of the gates that are here. These are doorways through which God will talk to you. And it's interesting that the gifts of the Spirit, if you look at the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the gift of prophecy, they come through somebody to you. Why does God do that? Because He believes in the body. And the body is what He is building. He's building His church. So you've got to make sure you part of what He's building and have relationships around you. The more relationships you have around you, the more gates and doorways you have for God to speak to you. So if you really want to hear God, build relationships. Amen? Take a seat. Look at the Scripture. There's a Scripture here. I have a Scripture to prove this for you. <laughs> it's 11, Proverbs 11:14. It says, Where there's no counsel, the people fall. Where there's no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And that word safety can also be translated as deliverance, salvation, and victory. You know, I, I was just, and this should be just the most natural thing. When I was on sabbatical last year, the, the, the preacher had just finished preaching. We were in church, and uh, it was wonderful just to go to church as a congregant and it was just great, you know? And I got to just sit there like a congregant and listen to a great sermon. But the word really stirred up something inside of me regards an old situation in my life that was unresolved with somebody. And it was just, after the word, I just grabbed Trish and I'm like, this is what I feel like is going on here. And then I just feel like it's unearthed this. And what do I do about this? Do I feel, I feel like maybe I need to do something. And we started talking about it. And the next thing... This woman just came and, and tapped me on my back like this. And she said, sorry, sorry, I don't want to bother you guys. I can see you talking, but God has a word for you. And this is what he says. Ba, 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 ba. And she walks away. And it was exactly what I was talking about with Trish in that moment. It was, it was like God had just spoken into this very situation so accurately, so clearly about it. And there was just immediately a peace and I knew what to do about the situation. It was incredible. And, but just look at that situation. So there I am, struggling with something. God doesn't break through the roof and go, Wayne, this is my son. You know? He moves in somebody else's heart. And he brings them to me to bring the word and confirm what he's saying to me. This is how he speaks to us. So whenever you get the unction to give somebody a word, encourage, and it's always encouraging, it's always directing, it's always comforting, it's always life. It's never like, pray more. Or, hey, God's not happy with you. You know? It's, that's not it, okay? <laughs> we, 
Toss that. It's, it's, it's about bringing life. It brings life. When God speaks, he brings life. Remember the nature of God's voice. Okay? Um, must be careful. We mustn't be the enemy, enemy's voice, eh? We can be the mouthpiece for Satan sometimes. You know, we, we really, you know, like Peter was like, far be it from you, Jesus. And he said, get behind me, Satan. He was the mouthpiece of Satan in that moment. We must be careful not to be the mouthpiece of Satan. I don't want to be rebuked like that, eh? So, so we, we, we speak the nature of God's voice, you know? But this is how he moves. Just the other day, where's Pummy? Where's Pummy? Pummy, 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 Pummy. You, there, there you are. She's, we're in the foyer, and she's like, hey, I was praying the other day, and God just gave me this, this vision, this picture of you in this situation. Does it mean anything to you? She just gave me this picture. And I was like, no way. That's so cool. It's like something that God has spoken to me about many times before, and he was just confirming it again through her. She's doing BFC. That's what happens on BFC, okay? It's a little advert for that, okay? <laughs> um, but, but it should be like this. This is what church should be. It should be this place where just God is speaking through each of us to each other. You know, and we just, we're the safe place where we can communicate God's heart to people. So it should be a natural thing. Can we just take a moment, AV, if you wouldn't mind just putting on some music. I want to just take a moment and I'd like you just to clear out the noise for a moment. If you need to confess, take a moment to confess this morning, okay? If you need a, just a, a moment to, to make right with God, take this moment now to make right with Him. And I want you just to try for a moment, I'm going to give you a couple minutes, just to hear His voice to you this morning. Just that inner witness, that intuition of what He's saying to you. Father, I thank You that You speak to everyone here this morning, that Your Word brings life to every person here. Come Holy Spirit and just... Confirm, encourage, direct, lead, and bring life, I pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit.